Welcome to the Layman's Homily Podcast. I'm Tony D'Arienzo. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about chastity. How is it defined? Why is chastity so hard to practice in today's culture? And what are some practical ways to help practice chastity? All this and more on Layman's Homily. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, we have a packed show for you, so let's dive right in. So what is chastity, this this main topic of this week's episode? Well, if you look up the word chaste or chastity in the dictionary, probably the first definition given is something like abstaining from sex or abstinence from sex or something like that. Now, if this were the true definition of chastity, then married people couldn't really practice it, right? So this definition, dictionary definition, this abstaining from sex, is actually more like the definition of being celibate or celibacy, which can be and often is a part of chastity, but it's not the whole picture. Chastity means loving people in the way that they're meant to be loved. So if you're married, you love your spouse in a different way than you'd love your friend or your sister or brother or something like that, right? And chastity allows you to do so in the proper way. Chastity is for all people and all vocations. But why is it so important? Why is it an important virtue to, to have? Well, Again, just like I said, it, if we have chastity, we can love everyone in the right way. Um, for another reason, um, we can look at what Our Lady of Fatima said to the three children um, whom she appeared to. And one of the revelations that Our Lady gave to St. Jacinta at Fatima was that more souls go to hell due to sins of the flesh than for any other type of sin. Now you may be wondering, what are sins of the flesh? Good question. They're mostly sins against, you guessed it, the virtue of chastity. So that's why chastity is so important. It helps us to uh, avoid hellfire Um, and to love everyone in the right way, which is always a good thing. Now, why is chastity so hard to practice in today's culture? Well, we live in a pornified culture. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, most boys are exposed to pornography in middle school or younger. I'll admit that I fall into that category. Porn is everywhere. Pornography is everywhere. In our movies, TV shows, books, magazines, sidebar clicks, advertisements, the list goes on. All you have to do is look at the popularity of something like Game of Thrones uh, to prove this point. And so learn to men in particular, not that women um, don't struggle with this, but men typically struggle with this more, 
because we as men are visual creatures. As, as a man, I'm a visual creature. I'm drawn to beauty. You know, I see some, someone beautiful and I want to have her. Or more accurately, conquer her. Conquer her heart. God has made us to want beauty because he is infinite beauty. He is beauty itself. But in order to receive that infinite beauty, we have to sacrifice. We have to give of ourselves. And we don't want to do that. You know, to, to conquer a woman's heart, like actually conquer a woman's heart, we have to, like we have to sacrifice. Um, we, we want all the beauty with all, without any of the sacrifice. We want, as men, we want to be, or well, as extended adolescents, we want to be knights who don't have to bleed, right? See, if, if, if we were men, men, men truly want to sacrifice. Um, but in this culture of extended adolescence, there are, no, there are not a lot of real men out there. There are a lot of adolescent boys, really. And they don't want to sacrifice. And, I mean, even men sacrifice with it, have to struggle with this too. So do women. We all, we all struggle with not wanting to sacrifice because we're all self-centered in one way or another. Um, but that's the, that is the trap of pornography. That's the trap of the hookup culture. That's the trap of this secular society. Um, it offers us th these, these sins in particular. It offers us, us that fleeting beauty and that fleeting pleasure without any, any of the sacrifice. And so we fall into sins of unchastity in the, with a snap of a finger. Now, in a letter to a friend, C.S. Lewis, talking about the sin of masturbation, which is a fun topic. Um, if you don't know what that is, it is uh, pleasuring oneself. Uh, to give a little euphemistic definition, but he wrote, C.S. Lewis wrote, Masturbation sends the man back into the prison, prison of himself, there to keep a harem of imaginary brides. And this harem works against his ever uniting with a real woman, for the harem is always accessible, always subservient, calls for no sacrifices or adjustments, and can be endowed with erotic and psychological attractions which no real woman can rival. So, you know, this is absolutely 100% true. Uh, he wrote this in the 1950s, like, so much, you know, over half a century before this really became rampant. Um, and it shows that this sin is so timeless. The struggle with chastity is, particularly with men, um, is so, such a timeless struggle. Um, and I mean, women struggle with this too. Again, I, I don't want to discount the fact that there are women who out there who do struggle with these sorts of sins. But again, the problem is definitely more prevalent among men. Now, another trap that we fall into 
that our culture tries to trick up trick us with is to make us think that you know we're not hurting anybody i'm not hurting anybody by consuming pornography so it's okay it's this sort of like such a far removal we're so far removed from the actual act and yet we're we are participants in it but we're just kind of viewers consumers not actually you know partaking in the act like physical in a physical way um so it kind of feels like we're distant and so i don't feel like i'm hurting anybody so it's okay um it's a very convincing and subtle lie told to us by the devil and he does this with other sins too right especially sins we commit in the darkness of our own rooms you know it's just like okay i'm distant away and not hurting anybody by doing you know x y or z so it's okay now jason everett um who's a wonderful speaker and writer on uh, the particularly the topic of chastity um he debunks this myth beautifully in a little book called pure manhood um which yeah again anybody can read it it's mostly geared towards men uh obviously but anybody can read it so he he said he says it similarly to this so picture this you're married you're married okay if you're a guy in the audience if you're a man in the audience just picture this Um, you're married and your wife gives birth to a beautiful baby girl um and if you're a woman in the audience you know picture that you're in the position of the wife i guess um so you're married and your wife gives birth to a beautiful baby girl you love this child so much that you never want anything bad to happen to her 17 years later she's having her birthday party at a pool your son decides to take pictures of her in her swimsuit and sells them on the internet she says she says um, the daughter says that it's okay as long as she gets a cut of the money and since she's so attractive her pictures sell like wildfire and thousands of internet strangers are lusting after these pictures of your princess they stare at her body maybe even masturbate to it and comment with sick jokes about what they think of her would you feel hurt I'd imagine that you would. I know I would. If I were in that position, the position of the father. Every female model in the porn industry is a daughter, a daughter of an earthly father and a daughter of the heavenly father. Imagine the heart of the heavenly father who loves his daughters infinitely more than you or I could ever love our own daughters. His heart grieves when he sees his daughters treating treated in this way. So yes, we do hurt someone when we view pornography. Our Heavenly Father, we hurt ourselves and the women that we use as objects as well. But we chiefly hurt God himself. And if we truly love him, we shouldn't desire to hurt him. Now, the same, the same can be said, you know, about any males in the porn industry right they're they're sons sons of the heavenly father and so any women who struggle with that sort of thing you know 
viewing men in the porn industry, it's the same. It's the same thing, right? Our heavenly Father is still the chief um, hurt in this scenario. So now, some of you may not have ever struggled with unchastity, um, and that's a real blessing. And praise God for that blessing. But for the overwhelming majority, particularly us men, practicing chastity is a constant battle that may stay with us for the rest of our lives. Now that doesn't sound fun, so let's let's uh, close on a more positive note. Um, what are some practical ways um, to help us practice chastity? So number one, so I'll give three things. Number one, pray. Prayer. Pray for that chastity. Ask for this specific virtue from God. Yes, be specific and be bold. Think back to the story of Abraham interceding for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. He kept getting bolder and bolder in his prayer, reducing the number of righteous people needing to live in the cities in those cities for them to be spared ah, for them to be spared and if he had gone even bolder then maybe the cities would have been spared so be bold in asking god for chastity and don't just and don't just go directly to god um, yeah obviously that's that's root number 1 but we also have the saints and the angels um, to pray to ask um, for their intercession. Um, there's a few good saints um, and, and angels to pray to ask for their intercession would be you know your guardian angel. Um, he, little guardian angel is more powerful than Satan himself. Um, so your guardian angel, Saint Michael the Archangel, who is the leader of the heavenly armies casting Satan into hell, um, Saint Joseph, Joseph most chaste, um, as we hear in the litany of Saint Joseph, and our Blessed Mother was also most chaste, as described in the litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So if these powerful heavenly intercessors aiding us will have the heavenly aid that we need to grow in that chastity and to thwart Satan's attempts to lead you astray, to lead us astray. Now, the second, second thing, the sacrament of confession. Go to confession when, when we fall. Um, overcoming unchastity isn't easy. Let me reiterate that. It is not easy. Uh, you, you and I, we need that grace to continue to get back up and keep trying. Receiving the grace that we, that we receive um, from the sacrament of confession is paramount to starting again after we fall into that sin. Um, and number three um, is to find an accountability partner. Here's the thing. Nobody wants to admit that he's struggling with the virtue of chastity. The staggering statistic is that 90%, around 90% of men have viewed pornography and probably at least some of the remaining 10% struggle with different sins that flow from lust or are just lying about 
the fact that they don't struggle with pornography. So we're all on this struggle bus together, right? So chances are, you know, the, the, the friends that you know, they've struggled with sin of chastity. Men in particular. Again, not that women don't struggle with it. I need to keep reiterating that. That this is not just a male problem. It is predominantly a male problem. But women do struggle with this too. Right? And, and so most of us also think that we can overcome this battle by ourselves. We can't. We cannot do it alone. It is so nigh on impossible to do this alone. So be vulnerable with someone. We're, we're going to need that fraternal bond if we're going to be men and women of virtue. The devil wants to divide us, right? His name, like Diabolos, literally means one who scatters. So he wants that division. He wants us to feel isolated. He wants to make us think that each one of us is alone in the struggle. Don't fall for it. It's a trick. Send no reply. We are not alone. Believe that we are not alone in the struggle. And so those three things, prayer, confession, and accountability partners, are three keys to help you go from praying, uh, Lord, grant me chastity, but not yet. Uh, as said by St. Augustine, in his youth when he was struggling with sins of unchastity uh, to praying late have i loved you O beauty ever ancient and ever new which is said by saint augustine after he's gotten past that uh, sin those sins will this be an overnight change no it could be a long journey even one that lasts throughout your earthly life but if you and I, we continue to keep working on it, with God's grace, we can win this fight. And so that's that's it for a segment of chast about chastity, the main segment. Uh, now we're going to move to the cloud of witnesses segment, where this week we're going to talk about Saint John Baptiste de La Salle, whose feast is on April April seventh. He was born in Reims, France in 1651. Uh, he became the canon of the Reims Cathedral at 16 years old. It's, pretty, it's a pretty prominent position, so he must have been doing something right. Um, he was ordained a priest at 27 years old. Um, but he was, he, was very, he was still at the canon of the cathedral at this point, and still very, very wealthy. Uh, but he saw this problem where you know, a lot of the kids in the community like weren't able to go to school. Um, these these poor families, um, the majority of the families in in that city were poor, and they couldn't afford to send their kids to go to school. These, these schools. Um, so he renounced his wealth and his position as canon um, at the Reims Cathedral to found. A consecrated lay community. So these are consecrated single lay men um, to conduct schools. He called this community the Brothers of the Christian Schools. 
and it still exists to this day. Uh, so yeah, that's the specific, specifically founded to help out the poor who couldn't afford to send their kids to school. Um, and he died in the year 1719, um, and he became the patron saint of educators. So, yeah, thank your uh, thank your teachers um, this week if you um, are in school or if you're not. Just take a moment to remember, pray for the teachers that you did have, um, that they continue to to teach their students well um, through the intercession of Saint John pa- Baptiste de La Salle. All right, and now. Um, we move on to the Lyrical Lift segment. And the Lyrical Lift for this week is the song Higher Love by Steve Winwood. Uh, so this was a number one hit back in the 80s. Um, and the lyrics go something like this for the, the first verse and the chorus. So the first, the, the song starts out, uh, Think about it, there must be higher love, down in the heart or hidden in the stars above. Without it, Life is a wasted time. Look inside your heart. I'll look inside mine. Things look so bad everywhere. In this whole world, what is fair? We walk blind and we try to see. Falling behind in what could be. Bring me a higher love. Bring me a higher love. Bring me a higher love. Where is that higher love I keep thinking of? Now, ultimately... The higher love that Winwood is talking about, though he may not know it, is God himself. We oftentimes are blinded by lower loves or idols, things like money, material goods, or even sex, or a sense of unchastity, right? That's what we've been talking about. Um, These things that we think are the highest forms of love, Um, love for these things. But deep down, we're still unsatisfied when with putting these as our highest love, um, and we're still searching for that higher for that higher love. And we'll only find that higher love when we find God, who is always seeking us and who never stops wanting to bring us that higher love that we keep thinking of. And that'll do it for this week. Uh, A few final things before we wrap up. First, if you liked what you heard, or even if you didn't, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review. This will help us reach more people and get the good news out to a world which desperately needs to hear it. Second, we want to hear from you, dear listeners. If you have questions about anything we've discussed on this episode, previous episodes, or anything in general, please send them via email to laymanshomily at gmail.com. That's L-A-Y-M-A-N-S-H-O-M-I-L-Y at gmail.com. Finally, please pray for us and know we're praying for you through the intercession of the patron of this podcast, St. Joseph. And it only took me until now to make a remark that this is episode number 10. We've done it. Made it through a decade of episodes. And by a decade, I just mean 10, not 10 years. 
But um, yeah, it's been really great being able to do this, being able to share um, share this with all of you, dear listeners. Um, so continue, like I said, continue to pray for us that we can continue to keep keep producing um, this content, produ- produce this these um, episodes that are um, can help bring the good news out to the world. Like I said, the world which just really needs to hear it. Um, and again, know that we're praying for you through the intercession of the patron of the podcast, St. Joseph. God bless you all this week, and we look forward to speaking to you all next week. This has been The Layman's Homily.